Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a show about all things poetry. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Okie dokie, it's Friday and I'm feeling lighter than I have all week, probably because I purged myself of my lividness. And now we have in our Abyssidarian of Poetics, L for line breaks. I've been thinking about line breaks since I was at the Fisher-Price Convention in July, August in New York. And a woman, one of the other, only other Canadians there, said to me, poetry is hard. It's difficult. And I suddenly realized, maybe I already realized this, but I realized again that the largest part of this reaction and this, as James Longenbeck would say, resistance to poetry is inherent in the line breaks in the way that the eye is taken aback initially. And so some people, when they're taken aback, they're curious and they're energized by that and they want to delve into why they're resistant, and then most people just take a look at something that's not what they're accustomed to, the wrapping around of the text in the paragraph, in the sentence, in the prose form on the page, and they just go eek and run as fast as their little brains can carry them. And I was thinking about that uh, two days ago. I was working with my nine-year-old student, and we were doing three-word rhyme cards And one side of the cards is pictures in color and the other side is pictures in black and white. And because he's used to seeing the world in color and, of course, you know, all of our visuals on screens now are in color, uh, people are very rarely exposed to black and white. And so he had that initial feeling and it took quite a while for him to get through it that he was close to it and that he suddenly couldn't even read the words on the cards in the same way because his mind had reacted negatively to the black and white as something foreign and defamiliarized. And so I really think that that's the same thing with line breaks in poetry. So here's what I wrote a few years ago, and uh, probably a comment on it here and there because, you know, as you go, your perspective shifts uh, some things become enlarged, some things become, you know, distanciated, some things, uh, you know, you just alter in your way of expressing yourself. Uh, I find writing prose, you know, prosody, uh, about poetry, you know, uh, I find it very challenging because you want it to flow in a lyrical way. And often it can become quite pedantic and soapboxy. And then I kind of cringe at my voice in those moments. But I think the underlying thrust or force is that I'm incredibly passionate about poetry. And I I want us to be able to talk about it and to understand, you know, why it is what it is and all of its, you know, variousness and multiplicities so that we can uh, only, um, I don't know, kind of accept its resistances in a sense, that, that paradox. So L is for line breaks. Some say that this is what defines poetry and also creates much readerly resistance to the genre. 
Shorter lines leave the mind incapable of flowing in the more effortless way one can with prose, and so demand that the blood's rhythm must be tweaked and torqued and otherwise shifted from the norm to hear the pulse more accurately. So apparently how we speak is in prose too, and if you started speaking more poetically with more line breaks in the way that you uttered you know, uh, regular modes of speech, people would also be taken aback. Or if you started these days using metaphors in your speech or idioms or any kind of refreshing way of seeing things in, you know, an alternate mode, people would be like, whoa, um, I'm used to the regular flow of typical speech and cliches and so forth. So even if you aren't writing with an iambic pentameter metric, the most common mode of rhythmical scansion since Chaucer, and to some, the seeming beat of our heart exemplified, and your poems are thoroughly quote-unquote free verse, you're still going to use your ear to determine when the line should split. Will it be end-stopped and jammed so that the rhythm flows to the next line? Okay, so essentially being a poet is training your ear. That's why I call poets word musicians, because we need to be able to uh, hear how language sounds and where the emphasis should be placed on the stresses, uh, the particular meters, and yes, the line breaks. Uh, where to begin a line, where to end a line is where you're putting that, you know, extra attention of sound and energy. So it's important to be conscious of that. So Charles Olson's notion of projective verse aimed to shift from what he felt were mechanical modes of scansion and line break to lyrical decisions predicated on breath, drawing from Robert Creeley's assertion that the form must emerge from the content, not from any predetermined concept of mode. So I think this is really important uh, still uh, that you don't have form as a kind of mechanical approach, but you feel the content through the form. So, for instance, content uh, that may be about death often works really well in a form like the villanelle, because when you've experienced a death, you have that feeling of things recurring, slightly shifting, but yet remaining the same and the villanelle with its repetitions of the first and the third line and the shifts within um, really kind of exemplifies the way that grieving moves through the body. So I find that that form and content work really well together. Okay, so regardless of whether you write metrical or free verse, there's no escaping the line break except in the prose poem, which is endlessly controversial as a form. Uh, What makes it a poem? what makes it, um, you know, a flash fiction. For instance, when it becomes prosy, is it the greater concentration of language uh, or metaphor, simile, and so forth, if you don't have the line breaks to say, oh, well, this is a poem. Does it matter at all? Hmm, there's another question. Uh, At this point, I said, don't end a line in a preposition or an article. Well, yeah, it's kind of ugly, I think I was going way back to when I first worked with Patrick Lane when I was 21 years old in Sea Shelt, and I'm pretty sure that's something that he said 
if I ended with of or the, he would be like, no, 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 no. You should be ending with a noun. You should have that kind of visual of the line being complete, even if it's enjambed and not be kind of hanging raggedly. Though, of course, rules are meant to be broken at times and go ahead and see what happens. I'm a lot less um, intent on those types of strictures than I used to be. So read everything you write aloud and make the necessary edits afterwards. That's always crucial because poetry is an ear form. (laughs) It's an art form of the ear. So it needs to be read aloud because the eye will skip over things. It misses. It uh, slides. It elides. Whereas the ear, you can't really fool in the same way. And you'll know instantly if you're clunking, uh, collapsing, um, you know, kind of just uh, fooling yourself that this was smooth or this was having the effect that you intended. But in fact, it doesn't. So it needs tweaks. And then I move on from line breaks with the final two sentences. Love is also an L word. And yes, it just may inform more of what you write than death does. Well, uh, or, you know, writing about death of somebody you love. So that's all interwoven. It's actually really difficult to write about love when it's in its happiest state. I remember also Patrick Lane saying years ago that that when you're in love and you're in those heady, you know, joyous phases of existence, you're you're very unlikely to even write at all because you're so embedded in living fully, uh, which I kind of disagree with. You know, things are always shifting, but as a writer, you always write. Even when you're not writing, you're still writing. But I ended with, hmm, I hope so. You've been listening to Miss Lyrics Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.